All right. So uh, this is encouragement for you because we are, we're talking about encouraging one another and build up one another. And uh, this is what we're doing is we learn to share the goodness of God from our hearts to others. So here we go, Rick. All right. Amen. Thank you. When I came in this morning, uh, I asked Pastor Guy for about half an hour, 45 minutes, and he kind of chuckled. So I'll try to save some time for him. Uh, I'm grateful to be here this morning because about a year ago I hit a pretty rough patch. And uh, today I'm doing a little bit, some of the same things. We are doctoring and I'm hopeful for a great, great future. Janet and I have been trying to get our ducks in order and stuff. And <clears throat> while I was going through the finances, why she thought she'd call the newspaper and find out about a an obituary in case something happened. <clears throat> and she first asked, how much does it cost? And the guy says, 75 cents a word. Oh, that hit her hard. She says, just put Rick died. And he says, I'm sorry, but there's a seven word minimum. So she thought for a second and said, Rick died, two nice trucks for sale. So anyway, I was born February 3rd, 1944. It's a kind of a rough start. Uh, <clears throat> I was born at six months, three months premature, to an unwed mother in Michigan where it's cold. <clears throat> at the age of three days old, I had to have surgery for a strangulated hernia where gangrene had set in. So uh, it was kind of rough. <clears throat> my parent, my grandparents took care of me most of the time because uh, my mom had to work. <clears throat> but at the age of three, she flew us out here and she married the only man that I can call dad. <clears throat> my biological or natural father never acknowledged me. <clears throat> but my my, my dad, he's my dad, was a great man. Uh, it must have been junior high school, I went to school, and Roger Hendricks came up to me and says, how come your name's Bronky? Everybody else is Edwards. I said, I don't know. <laughs> Hadn't given it any thought. So I went home, and that's when I found out that he was a stepdad. But up until that point and after, it never made any difference between my brothers and I, except that when we were all working in the garage, Paul and I would be on one side at the bench, Dad and Doug would be on the other side, and if we slipped and said, oh, well, he'd say, I heard that, stop it. Doug could cuss up a blue streak and he'd never say anything. <laughs> I grew up, my mom probably overcompensated, I was always Ricky the good boy. I never got in trouble. I, I didn't do much. Uh, in junior high school, I, I always knew of God, but in junior high school, I was chaplain at the club and stuff, but I was still Ricky the good boy. 
Janet and my first wife disagree sometimes. They, they've told me my mom was wrong. Uh, my first wife was reading The Late Great Planet Earth and uh, told me I was a sinner. I disputed her claim. Sinners were the people in prison or the murderers or the robbers, or, but certainly not me. But we started hanging out with some Christians and when I looked into it and saw that, my goodness, as good as I'd been told all my life wasn't good enough. That my, my goodness was like a rag compared to Christ. <clears throat> I began to realize I did need a savior. <clears throat> I was working with a man named Paul Kersey who could witness and testify and quote scripture, chapter and verse. I mean, he was amazing. It didn't matter where we went, he would share the Lord. <clears throat> One day we were working on a job that he got because he was a Christian, and the homeowner came out and asked if I was a Christian too. And I said, boy, I hope so. I'd hate to think all this was in vain. She disappeared, came back with a tract, how to know you are saved. So... We went up on the roof. We were continuing to do the roof sheeting. And uh, I told the Lord I'd never be like Paul Kersey. And in an audible voice, I heard him say, I don't need another one. I want you. So that was the beginning of my journey, <clears throat> walking with Christ. As I look back, I know that the Lord was with me every step of the way. Uh, I didn't get a hot rod when I was 16. My first marriage broke up. But through it all, Jesus has been there right beside me, bringing me through. I look forward to serving him till the time is done. And I know he's there for you too. Thank you, Rick. So how old were you, Rick, when you came to a place of salvation? Uh, 33. 33. Amen. Great testimony of uh, God's love and God's grace and God's protection. In your bulletin is a uh, kind of our next part of our sermon. And so it's the uh, same thing as you got last week. We, we made it through seven of these verses last week. And we'll see what we do today. Last week, we went through a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so love one another. We went through John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. 
We've been talking about how important relationships are to God, our relationship with Him, and then our relationship to one another, that He has set the pace. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards good works, towards love and good deeds. 1 Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality one to another without grumbling. 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us love one another. Remember, there's a hundred times in the New Testament, a hundred times the one another passes your use. So relationships are really important to God. So important that he sent his only begotten son so that we can have a relationship with him. And then as we understand the way he loves us and how he has forgiven us, and then we're to share that outward. We've been kind of talking about this vertical and horizontal uh, relationship with God. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And then last week we had a lot of fun with the idea of greeting one another. And then we greet one another, we, we use their names, we, we value people, uh, we, we encourage people, and uh, today, this morning, we're going to jump right into Galatians 5.13. Last week we had you help me read the verses, so I'm thinking I'm going to continue on. So I would love for somebody in a nice, loud voice to just read Galatians 5.13. Ready? So serve one another in love. Whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant. We were working on passwords when it came to internets. And, and how many people, like, that just gets crazy. And if somebody asked me about, it's not my password, I don't think. I'm not going to give it out if it is. But he said, what's your favorite verse? And I said, Mark 10:45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life away as a ransom to many. There's a lot of great verses in Scripture. 10, Mark 10.45 talks about Jesus being a servant leader. That servant leadership style. If we turn to John 13, I saw some Bibles, so uh, let's, let's go there. Just a, a quick recall of, of one of the ways that Jesus became a true servant. We know he became a servant to death. John 13, the Gospel of John. It was just before Passover, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So he knew, he knew it would be, they should have been throwing a party for him. They should have been washing his feet. This happened at the Last Supper. And that evening was, it says, evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew that the Father had put everything under his power. Jesus was a man of power. He, was a, he had power. And what do we do with the power? What did Jesus do with the power? And that had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took out his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. So Jesus was a servant. Over and over again, he served. He gave. Remember, ministry flows from relationships. As we relate with one another, as we love one another, as we honor one another, as we serve one another, ministry begins to take place. And that ministry is not just one way. It goes both ways. Uh, Ministry is never meant to be one direction. As we do community and as we do church, I get a minister to Rick, and Rick gets a minister to me. Uh, It it happens. That's why I love circles, because it's not like kind of the pyramid where somebody's on top and it's everyone in a circle is ministering one to another. You share gifts one to another. The Holy Spirit gives this person the gift so he can share with this person and serve this person. And this person is praying for that person. And again, I I see this. Coming in from Mexico every uh, Easter, uh, they're they're selling the uh, pictures of the Last Supper. And uh, just because it's, you know, it's Mexico, and, and, and the pictures that I love are the pictures of the Last Supper in a circle. And usually it's a big, long table, and they're kind of lounging on each other. And this one picture, and we don't know really how the disciples sat, but it was a, was a circle. And they were face-to-face, and they were, they were engaged with one another. Uh, they weren't, like, just having a portrait for the camera. They were, they were doing community. They've been doing community. They've been sharing. They've been loving. Uh, well, there was a problem and a, a little bit of a disagreement broke out. I love disagreements in Scripture. Just because, like, oh, it happened in there. It happened there, too, just like it happens, right? I mean, so here we go. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And this kind of goes back to serving. Like, so you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then learn how to, how to serve. Learn how to be humble. Learn how to wash, in a sense, each other's feet. So this is Mark 10, uh, verse 35. Brothers. Brothers always get in trouble together, don't they? Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do? Jesus said. They replied, Let one of us sit at the right and the other at the left in your glory. So they wanted a place of what? Importance. Uh, They wanted to kind of be the special brothers uh, in amongst the disciples. And Jesus replied, You do not know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And he's talking about his death. And their answer was, we can. Of course we can. And then Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I've been baptized with. But to sit at my right 
on my left is not to be granted. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared for. Guess who heard about this discussion? The other ten. What great learning opportunities. Everything's kind of going along pretty good, and then all of a sudden, pride comes in. And usually when pride comes in, pride comes in, what happens? You open up your mouth, and then you ask a question, or you, you're, I, I don't know what they expected, but, but it caused a ruckus. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. I love when life gives us opportunity to learn lessons. And Jesus was a master at using life to teach his disciples and to teach us. Then Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. We're not going to lead that way. We as Christians lead differently. We don't, leave with, we don't lead with a heavy hand. We don't lead as lording over them, looking down upon them. We don't exercise our authority over. We don't, we don't suppress people with our leadership. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. This is Mark 10. So death and resurrection is still not really even understood by the disciples. But look what happens in verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom to many. So as we are given power and authority through Jesus Christ, because we do walk in power and authority. We walk in that power and authority to serve others. We walk in the power and authority to make people around us better. Does that make sense? You say, Pastor Guy, how am I doing? Are the people that you're around, are they becoming better people? Are the people that you're around, are, are, there, are they growing as individuals? I remember after we dated a while, Christine and I, uh, we were asking kind of like, where does God fit in? And, you know, is this what God wants in our, in our relationship and our friendship? And, and uh, we both agreed that both of us were closer to God. I was a much better student because I loved studying with Christine. So I studied a lot more than I used to. I played a lot less basketball. She was, she grew up in this church. I don't know how many of you knew that. She was a valedictorian at Pastor Robles High School. So all you graduates, I married the Val Victorian. Whoa. But as you do life, friendship, you become better people. That's because you serve one another. You serve one another in honesty and in integrity and in righteousness, and the people around you become better. 
That's why we talk a lot about teams. Because as we work together and we begin to model what Jesus modeled, he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom to many. We're not going to be like the Gentiles who lorded over them or use their authority. Who likes to follow somebody who's like lording it over you and you feel like you're just at work, the workplace? Isn't that hard to have a boss who kind of lords it over you? A teacher, I, I, again, as a teacher has like at the high school or the middle school or in college, if, if they have a sense of giving away what they have to make you a better person, something, something begins to happen. It's not the brightest teacher that made an impact in my life. It was somebody who had that servant leadership. They had a desire for me to get it. And whatever it would take, you know, that meant staying after school. If that, those guys often handed out their phone numbers. There was a sense of, I'm in this together. I'm going to serve you with the gifts that, that God has given me. My football coach, that's all he did. He was a football coach. And he... I was never in any of his classes. And we went on and we won CIF that year. But more than that, he believed in me. He cared in me for me. And there was a sense of there wasn't anything that he wouldn't do for me. That's the heart of a servant. Did I respect him? You bet. Did I always like what he made us do? No way. But there was a sense of he had the servant's heart. And he made me not just a better football player, but a better man. And I thank God for leaders and people that know how to serve in that way. And we're just, we're looking at a great example of Jesus being that servant leader. So why is serving so important? Do you agree that's in scripture? Do you believe that Jesus modeled it? Do you agree that, that Jesus taught it? So why is serving others so important? I'm going to let you think about that for a moment. It's kind of like when you greet someone. Uh, you show value. And you show worth. Did you greet somebody by their name? My new friend here is Lloyd, and I learned Lloyd's name. And I don't even know Lloyd that well yet. But I, when I, I look forward to saying, hi, Lloyd. Greetings. And he often sticks his hand out to me. But because we talked about this last week, because we're brothers in the Lord, I would probably, if I didn't know Lloyd, I would shake his hand. But because we have the same Lord and Savior, we kind of hug each other. And I don't know if that's odd or not, but it's what we do as brothers, right, Lloyd? And what armed services did you serve in? In the Army. And that's something brand new that I, there's a sense of, of serving one another. It gives a sense of value and of worth. Uh, serving other people creates community. Nothing like community as you serve one another as you humble yourself, as you use your gifts and your talents. Sean's upstairs, I think. Was Sean still up there? He, he texts me, and there was a load of uh, tables. And who, who helped you that day? 
Yeah, a bunch of guys. And the, I was up in the office working, and uh, instead of saying, hey, Pastor Guy, why don't you come help us? They knew I would help them, right? But they purposely, like, almost like, we're not going to tell Guy the, the trailer's even here until we're done. And that was an act of service. I have served them many times. They are serving me. And that's what happens as we build community. We serve one another. No one's weighing, well, you serve me this much and you serve me that much. There's a heart of serving. There's a heart of giving. Uh, Linnea serves as she plays the piano. Boyd serves as he welcomes people. Uh, we learn to serve one another in a lot of different fashions, right? Uh, amen. There's a great verse in Romans that we're going to turn to. Romans 12. So I get really, really excited about people serving. If it's meal train for Vicky, if it's people coming into, into, I've met John a couple times now up there with Chuck, and I walk in and like, there's John praying for Chuck. Uh, ICU room's not that comfortable. It's, I want to say ICU room's not even that fun. I mean, you go in and, and, but you know what? Serving's not always comfortable. Serving's not always fun. Uh, I'm a real believer, like I know Jason over here loves coaching. That's one of his gifts, and Jason can do that unto the Lord. He's out in the community, he's a man's man, and he loves Jesus. I mean, we serve in a lot of different ways, right? Traz learning how to run for God, huh? Learning, that's like tough. Like, okay, God, you're, you get the glory in all that, that we do we do. And then as, as, as a body, uh, as we catch each other serving, then we're able to encourage one another. Like what you just did really touched me. Uh, the week before, I loaded the trailer myself. It was just one of a, a little bit of a hiccup. And our, our planning kind of went awry. And it was like, Tony was needing this, and we were having the family uh, event downstairs, and, and so it was cool, but like they knew that they were almost mad at me because didn't, I didn't have them help on last Sunday, but they purposely, it was awesome. It was like the whole trailer was done, and we serve one another. Rebecca got here early, ready to serve. It was like 8 o'clock, and she's ready to worship. What are you doing here so early, man? i just ready to worship. I'm ready to serve. When you serve God, when you serve for God, there's, you guys know what there is? There's joy, right? There's a sense of, there's a sense of plan and purpose. Let me read this verse in uh, Romans. We're going to get one verse done today. Amen. We have different gifts according to the grace each one has given us. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. This is a teaching from Paul. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If, you're, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, Give generous, with generosity. If you lead, do it diligently. If it's a show mercy, do it cheerfully. And that's just one little short list. Uh, 
just a little example of the different gifts. For by the grace given by one, I say to another to you, and it begins to say, God gives one piece of grace to one, and one to another, and one to another, and one to another. And as we work together, and as we serve him, then we're able to kind of practice that area of servanthood. Does servanthood come naturally and, and easily? It takes a little bit of time. Uh, sometimes it flows right out of, your, out of your wheelhouse. Like, this is really, like, amazing. Mexico mission trip is one of those for me. There's really nothing I don't like about Mexico. I mean, I love, I love from the A to Z. I, I don't mind, I don't mind any of it. Like, that's, that's who I am. I, I mean, the only thing I probably don't like is picking up the Nerf gun arrows. Like, after an hour of that in the hot sun, it's like, where are those young people? Because I don't know if I can bend over one more time. Because we do these big free carnivals. I, what I love to do is get in line behind the kids and pass out the tracks in Spanish. It's not like I'm not involved in the carnival. If I had my choice, because they're cool little tracks that talk about Jesus. And, and they, we, we've, they've all got a bag of candy. So they all know where that track belongs. And so I just start going in, and I don't read it to them, because I don't read Spanish. I just start dropping the bags. Everybody wants a track, because it fits perfect in their bag. That sense of giving, a sense of kind of praying, and the sense of, of working to, together as God leads. So part of this team kind of vision that God's given us to work together is, Lord, where do I fit? What gifts have I been given? We took offering. That's part of the team. We have kind of prayer. That's part of the team. We have teachers. You just being here, you being faithful, you're, that's a gift that God has given you to share with his body. So I think I'm done. I got a lot to go, but you know, we're good. This is big. This is huge. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life away. So Lord, as we bow in prayer, Lord, show us the areas that you've gifted us in that we can serve others. Lord, thank you for the servant leadership that we find uh, in Scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the moment that you should have been front and center and the disciples should have been waiting on you. You waited on others. And Lord, if we have the gift to serve, let us serve. If we have the gift of leadership, let us, let us lead. If, we, if, Lord, if we have the ability to teach, let us teach. Lord, let us grow in these gifts, in all these gifts not just inside the walls of the church, but, Lord, on the outside walls of the church. Lord, the church is a building, and we're going to take the gifts that we have into the high school, into the middle school, into whatever door you open, Lord. Lord, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Worship team, why don't you guys come on up? And we'll close in a song together.
church, as you, as you have the opportunity next Sunday, we'll have lots of new families here. We'll have kids. Uh, just greet them. Uh, love them. Pray for them. Let's stand together. You guys pick that. Whatever song you guys would like, it'd be great. I just want to leave with uh, worship and praise on our, on our hearts and our lips this morning. Thank you.